Welcome in everybody to the Bat Flip Podcast. I'm your host, David, tonight. Damien is out. I'm being joined by Matt, as always. And uh, Matt, how you doing this week before we get into our monthly breakdowns? I'm doing uh, doing very well. Um, it's I uh, can't believe we're episode 132. That just kind of it's crazy to me. But um, yeah, doing good. I've uh, been watching, uh, watching my Braves play and it's been a pretty crazy uh it's been a pretty fun team to watch this year um that to say the least but uh i um uh, everything's good here uh it's extremely hot outside this week i think i'm getting into like damien temperature territory but also with the humidity of alabama so it's supposed to be like 103 here like the rest of the week so um pretty rough there but uh yeah everything's good um uh how have you, how have you been david I'm good, you know. It's it's smoky in Chicago. They've got the wildfires up in Canada, and yeah. uh, the the air quality over here is really bad. It's like walking into a a campsite every time you walk outside right now. But uh, you know, got to yeah. watch the Cubs play in London this last week. That was pretty cool. Um, they're already down tonight, which you know, not not great. But they Nick they've Castellanos been... do it tonight. Uh, Schwarber got knocked in by Trey Turner. Oh, okay. So, but it's, it's Jameis. We'll get into it. We'll get into exactly what's been going on when it comes to a lot of these teams. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of look back at June because, remember, we, we were talking earlier and, and mentioned that June was maybe the month where these teams kind of turn it around or, um, you know, become what they what, you know, sellers. And, and we're going to see that a couple of teams, I think, are, are kind of confirming what we were worried that they might be at the start of June. I'm kind of excited to get into it. We're going to start with a division that is not decided by any means, but is also very much um, a wild card division in that there could be four playoff teams in the AL East this year. Uh, the way it's looking, June was a good month for all of the Tampa Bay Rays, who were 54 and 27. Uh, the Orioles are four games back at 48 and 29. The Yankees are nine and a half games back, but very much in the wild card race at 43 and 35. Blue Jays are 43 and 36, and the Red Sox are 40 and 39. So five teams above 500 in the AL East. Matt, how was June for this division? It's pretty much the same order it was in to start June, but uh, I think the Rays have widened their gap a little bit. Yeah, it's been a really interesting division to keep up with. Um, every one of these teams this month has had like huge, huge downs and huge, huge ups, except maybe the Orioles. I think they've just kind of been pretty good the whole month. Um, you know, you look at the Rays and they've continued to win. They played well for most of the month. These last couple of weeks have been a little bit less great. Uh, I know that they, you know, I think they took, they lost the series. They dropped a series maybe to the Royals last weekend or something. Um, so that wasn't great. Uh, the pitching injuries are really what stacked up for the Rays. Uh, in fact, you know, the last the other day, McClanahan got pulled out of his start. You know, they're already missing Rasmussen Springs to Tommy John. Um, they've missed Eflin at times, although he's pitching right now and he's been really, really, really good. Um, you know, Glass now has missed a lot of time. He's he's back now, but uh, you know, now McClanahan going down for a, a little while, but it sounds like he's going to be okay to keep going. Um, the injuries are, you know, aren't great for them right now, but, you know, they have a big lead in the division of four games over the Orioles, um, you know, and I think that the teams that have the upside to really overtake the Rays are more like the Blue Jays and Yankees that have maybe the star power to be able to do it. And 
you know, they're nine and a half, ten games back. So I like the Rays right now in this division. Um, look at these other teams. I mean, the Blue Jays have had their ups and downs. They're pretty kind of, you know, had a pretty good month. They're 43 and 36. They're in a good position right now. They are 10 games behind the Rays, but they're, you know, in a good, solid playoff position right now. The Yankees have been really interesting just because we'll talk about Aaron Judge being out is a big deal. Uh, and it sounds like he might be out for a long time, a lot longer than expected. So, um, you know, and then of course the Orioles have been good and the Red Sox have kind of like stayed afloat. I, I just, with this division 500 right now, just seems like it's going to be insurmountable to, to get in the playoffs. But, uh, what do you think so far, David? One interesting note that I would have I would put in here is that the Rays have done all this without Tyler Glass now for yeah. the most part, right? He's been pretty mediocre, 4.45 ERA, giving up a lot of home runs, just hasn't quite been himself. Um, and then, you know, the, the Blue Jays are several games over 500, very much in the wild card race, despite Alec Manoa being, you know, we mentioned that he got sent back to the complex yeah. league. He had his first start today and yeah. he gave up oh 10 gosh. runs. In the complex league. So that issue is not resolved and is likely to continue until Manoa can get going. But the Blue Jays have been able to win games anyway. Um, you know, the Orioles seem like a very steady presence. I was taking a look at the the projected standings by Fangraphs. Orioles projected for 90 wins, which if you know we were looking at that coming into the season, that is crazy. And that that is out that outpaces the Blue Jays and Yankees right now, uh, both at 88. So you know, and that's, I think the Yankees won even, I think it's going to be a little high. Yankees are in a really precarious spot right now without judge. That's the big one for me is that if the Yankees don't have Aaron judge, that's not a very good team. They, they have a very, very low on base percentage. They're reliant very much on their pitching. And, you know, Garrett Cole can only start one every, every five days. The rest of those guys have to step up. And, and when it's not Cole and it's not some of those better pitchers, the, the Yankees tend to, to not score as many runs. And that's just a, a worrisome thought so far, but, uh, you know, they, we'll see, man. I, I, I'm, I'm worried about the Yankees. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that and I mean, like you say, it's just one really pitching injury of the Yankees too. And I mean, pitch, if, if they, things can go very poorly for them very quickly, if they lose Garrett Cole or, or even somebody like Severino or, or Herman or somebody that's been pretty good for them this year. Uh, we'll see if Carlos Rodon ends up coming back. Um, and then, you know, uh, it, it could go either way because they could, they could get judged back. And I think Rizzo has been a little bit better lately and Stanton never hasn't really gotten going. They have some talent there that can, you know, make their offense at least okay. But, um, you know, right now, I mean, I, I like what the Rays have done. The Blue Jays are an interesting team to me right now, too, because they've got, you know, you talked about Alec Manoa, but Vlad Jr. is also really struggling. And Well, he's, he's got like a 120 WRC he, plus. He's, he's not in for power. Yeah, he's not hitting for power. He's hitting the ball on the ground a ton. And with his defense, you cannot have a 120 WRC plus and be a really good player. Like, he really mm -hmm. needs to be DHing. He's been a horrible, horrible defender at first base this year. Like, there's some things there that, you know, the – you know, the Blue Jays have that at one, one, one facet, like this is a pretty extended period of Vlad Jr. being a good hitter, but not like an elite hitter. And, you know, you look at the Blue Jays as a team that like that, that could also swing the other way too, where if Vlad Jr. kind of gets back to that 2021 form, like he could be, and, you know, he could 
really propel that team in the second half. So, uh, and, and another thing we could, I guess we could kind of look at today is, you know, these teams, all, all, all five of these teams have some kind of holes to their teams. Um, you know, the Rays, you've got the pitching depth in the rotation with injuries and the Orioles pitching, you know, the Yankees could use a bat. The Blue Jays could use probably some bullpen help, you know, maybe a bat. So uh, the trade deadline could be really big in this division. And, and mm-hmm. do the Red Sox sell is another thing. Yeah. Like they're with, they're in it. They're in the wild card race they, at 40 wins. They are, they are, but like, you know, are they going to be at 40 wins come, you know, next month? And or obviously they will be there. Are they going to be at 500 come next month? And where they stand in this division, like it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs by beating these teams enough times. You know, they mm-hmm. still do have to play these teams more than the rest of the league, even if it is more balanced this year. So that'll be an interesting thing to look at. One note for the Blue Jays is that Dalton Varsho has been pretty mediocre, if yeah. not bad. And Gabe Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel over in Arizona have propelled them to the division lead. We'll get there in a little bit. But uh, just worth noting that I think Toronto, you know, we we analyzed that trade and we liked that trade originally. But man, oh man, Varsho needs to step it up for the Blue Jays. That is a... That is a trade they cannot afford to lose value on, and right now they've lost a pretty significant chunk. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, and uh, you know that you know the Blue Jays just a lot of the pieces they brought in. I mean, Barrios has been a lot better this year than he was last year, but that trade, I guess the Twins haven't really gotten all that much production nah, yeah. out of that trade, but still, I mean, that's been a little bit of a tough one in the fact that you brought it, you gave up a lot of what you thought was high in you know, prospects for, you know, for Barrios and he hasn't really panned out fully to what you're expecting. And then you look at, you know, um, you know, the Matt Chapman trade. I don't really know what the good, turn though. has done, but Matt Chapman's been good. Yep. But, you know, this year he, he's been really good. He's kind of dropped a little bit, you know, since that hot start. But um, yeah, I mean, I, it's been interesting for them. Um, they've made some good moves too. Oh, the yep. Teoscar Hernandez trade was a good one for them. Yeah, uh, isn't Eric Swanson the one they got for him too? He's been yeah, really, he really is. good for them. And, and Teoscar has not been good for the Mariners. So that's Teoscar's doing Teoscar things, hitting home runs, and that's it. So yeah. <laughs> um, and then also you've got the Kevin Gosman deal anchoring that rotation. So you oh, do yeah. feel like the Blue Jays have a solid rotation, if not they, a they do. a spectacular one, and it, it's it's lacking in that what Alec Manoa brought last year. And I think that's kind of the difference in this Blue Jays team versus last year's. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, if you want to move on to the AL Central, yeah. we can talk about this fun group of, oh, of teams golly. fighting it out. Uh, what is clearly the worst division in baseball right now, the Minnesota Twins are ahead. They have maintained their their lead on this division, but they are a 40-40 and 40 team, 500 exactly at the lead of the division. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians are second at 37-40. and 40. Uh, the Detroit Tigers have fallen to third. They are 34 and 43. The White Sox are fourth at 34 and 46. The Royals are 22 and 56 and spent some time this month as the worst team in baseball. The A's have lost a few games and, and the Royals jumped ahead of them. But, uh, you know, when it comes to this division, Matt, uh, they're, they're all fighting for first because I don't think they're going to be fighting for the wild card. Yeah, this is an interesting uh this is an interesting division, honestly, almost like the opposite of the AL East, where you're like, are the Red Sox going to sell because they have a good record, but like, they just doesn't seem like there's that much of a chance for them to jump any of these teams. Well, in the AL Central, it's like, who's, I mean, you're 
if you're the White Sox, you're six games back in the division with the team that's first place being bad. Like, are you, you know, there's, I mean, could, could you even consider not selling or, or even buying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. And the Guardians is the same way. The Tigers are only four and a half games back. Like, that, mm-hmm. the Tigers aren't it. good at all. They're awful. But, my gosh, like, this, they're in. That's, they're in it right now. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, I do think the Twins will get going. If you look at the Twins' numbers, like, their best two hitters by war have been Willie Castro and Ryan Jeffers. Like, Byron Buxton has been a 105 WRC+. plus. He's been really rough. He's been, of course, he's been injured the last few days. He's back tonight in the DH spot, but he hasn't been playing center field. And, you know, like we talked about before the season, we had a lot of discussion about whether they DH mm-hmm. him or not. Well, his bat is not good enough to carry as a DH right now. Like, in the past, it has been. Well, a 105 right. WRC+, plus, if you're going to be DHing every day, he's not going to cut it. Right. Um, and then you look at like Carlos Correa has just has not hit this year. Uh, he does have a 247 Babbitt, which is pretty low for him. I think he's typically run somewhere around 300 in, in his career. So part of it's probably been a little bit of bad luck, but he's also dealt with some injury. And I mean, it just, they don't have any, like, they just don't seem to be able to hit. I mean, their pitching's yeah. been really good. Um, obviously, you know, the, the big three in the rotation, Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, Pablo Lopez have been really good. Joe Ryan's getting torn up tonight, but he's been like really, really good this year. Um, it's just the Braves are good, but like, (laughs) I I mean, you know, their bullpen could use a little bit more depth, but this team is definitely the best. I mean, you look at the rest of these teams, the White Sox, they still have what you would think is some good pitching in their rotation, like Giolito, Cease. I mean, you would like to think that Lance Lynn could get going at some point. He had a 16-strikeout um, game this year. This I know, month. and they lost. Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the story of the White Sox and their lineup. I mean, they've got players there like Luis Roberts been really good this year. You look at, um, you know, you look at you look at their some of their other guys. Uh, uh, Jake Berger's been a breakout for them this year, but like. They just seemed like, for whatever reason, they haven't been able to do anything. Like, they're just not that good. And then, I mean, the Guardians just, they don't hit for any power whatsoever. Their pitching's injured. Um, and then, I mean, the Tigers, the Tigers in the Royals, I know the Tigers are four and a half games back, but and I just, even though they've, the Twins have not been playing very well, I think the Twins will have enough of a run in them to win 83, 84 games. I just mm-hmm. do not see the Tigers winning more than 70 games. Like, Maybe they do, but I think they'll I think they'll sell. And the Royals, I mean, we we make a lot of fun of the A's here, but you know the A's at least are in a tough division and losing all these games. Like the Royals, that division is horrible that they're in, and they're still like on just this horrible pace. Like I, I'm, it's kind of hard to believe how bad the Royals have been. Uh, Benny Pasquantino's out for probably for the, the year. Uh, or yeah, he's out for the year, and then. You know, they've had a couple pitching injuries, too. Like, I think – I don't think we've – you know, looking back at the beginning of the season, like Chris Bubich was pitching really good mm-hmm. for them for the first couple weeks of the season, and then he went and had Tommy John surgery. So, like, they've had some bad luck, too. But, man, that team's been bad, and it just seems directionless there. A, a lot of these teams, honestly, the White Sox, Tigers, and Royals all seem very directionless. The Twins seem like they're just good enough to make the playoffs in a bad division. So I guess that's their direction is they're contending. And the Guardians, I just – I have no idea. Like, I guess they're still trying to contend. They have some good pieces there. I think they'll be a little bit better than they've been so far. But this division is just 
atrocious. But I think the Twins are probably coming out of here, and I think the Tigers and Royals will for sure sell. I do think the White Sox end up selling. Um, you know, I don't know what you think yeah. about that, but I, the the big issue for the White Sox is who do you sell other than maybe Lucas yeah. Giolito, right? Like Giolito for sure. We've mentioned that they have a lot of more controlled pieces, but you no, know, nobody's buying Lance Lynn right now, right? right. Like he's very volatile. The you know you believe in the the former stuff, but he's older. Um, so I don't know if he a trade for Lance Lynn wouldn't really bring you back anything. I don't think Cease has just been pretty mediocre this season. He hasn't really been the same a, powerhouse. He had a good start last night, I think, against right. the Angels. He he struck out eleven, no walks or something, which is very yeah. encouraging. But yeah, the 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 big problem for the White Sox has been the offense all yeah. season, and Tim Anderson's been dreadful. I mean, yeah. one of the worst players in baseball this season, and and that's disappointing because when Tim Anderson is on, you know, that's a an exciting player, but. His skill set was always very, very risky, right? With a high contact rate, a, a very high BABIP, and a you know very low walk rate. That's the kind of guy who can go through a rut that just takes and sinks his season completely. Um, and you know, he you're not getting any value from him. You know, Moncada's been bad, right? You're relying on guys like Jake Berger and Luis Robert, and Luis Robert's one of the most volatile players in baseball. So the White Sox, you know are not in a good spot right now. I don't envy them at all. I, I think we would be remiss without mentioning that, you know, like Joe Kelly's having a good season. Uh, Joan Duran's been really good in this division as well. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Classe has been pretty good in this division. Yeah, they got some relievers here. This is not a division that yeah. needs bullpen well, help, but don't, there don't could be some relievers Ro- coming out of here. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, don't forget the Royals. They have Chapman, who's had a bit of a bounce back this year, and they have Barlow, who both of those guys could be on the move. That could honestly get back the best package of any mm-hmm. uh, players in this division of, of these sellers. Like, I guess Giolito, if the White Sox trade him, probably gets back more just since Chapman and Barlow are relievers with Bar- with uh, Chapman being a rental. And I don't – is yeah. Barlow a rental? He will be, uh, I believe. But you've yeah. also got Jason Foley pitching well in Detroit. Alex yeah. Lynch has been pretty good in Detroit Alex as well. Um, you know, the, Gregory Santos hasn't been bad for for the White Sox. You know, you've got a lot of of, of sneaky good arms yeah. in this division in terms of bullpen help. So, who decides to pitch or who decides to sell will have impact when it comes to some of these other teams that are looking for bullpen yeah. help. And, and that'll affect, you know, the rest of the, the league around them. But yeah. And, and, and also to, to what extent they sell, because if the mm-hmm. White Sox or the guardians, if they have a bad few weeks, if they sell, it'll be interesting to see if they go just full blown, like say, Hey, this, this core isn't working. We need to blow it up and, and redo it, tear it down and redo. Or if they're going to go out and say, you know, this year is not going to work, but we still believe in our core. We're going to trade our rentals, guys that we don't think are going to come back, you know, and, and get what we can, but run it back next year with a similar core and, and just maybe try to add around the edges. That'll be a, something that's interesting to look at. It's also worth noting that Terry Francona was out tonight with an illness and I believe uh, was taken to the hospital. Not great. Um, so I sent the tweet. I want to double check that. Uh, Jeff Passan tonight, Terry Francona, may, not managing tonight, undergoing precautionary tests at a hospital in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Tito is okay, but he is on the older side, and it's yeah, he's had um, the health issues. Yeah, he's had too. health issues before. Yeah, I I do hope Terry's okay, but that that's just not a good, it's not a good start to your July here as we come up on this Fourth of July uh, um, break. Moving along 
to the AL West, we have the Texas Rangers in first place at 47 and 31. They retained uh, from the beginning of the month. Astros are currently second, but they're in a virtual tie with the Angels. Uh, 42 and 36 are the Astros. 43 and 37 are the Angels. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are 38 and 39, and the Athletics are 20 and 60. Uh, five games back are the Astros and Angels. Eight and a half back are the Mariners. Mariners are kind of on the outside looking in of that wild card race. The Astros and Angels are at the forefront of it. Um, you know, this is uh, this is a tough division, man. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, I, I really like the, the Rangers. I think that Corey Seager coming back and playing as well as he has has been a big deal for them. Uh, they do have this advantage right now of five games, which is really, really nice. Um, I just, I worry just long-term about their depth. Like their pitching has been good this year, but I worry a little bit of long-term about that. The bullpen is, has been, you know, they've been good all around, all around really. But, you know, it's just, it seems like some of their hitters are a little bit volatile. You know, Marcus Simeon seems like a kind of guy who's gone through stretches. Like he's been streaky these last couple of years and, uh, you look at Adolis Garcia as a guy who's probably, you know, he's always been a little bit of a streaky player. They've had a lot of guys kind of hit really well in the first month of the season or the first couple months of the season that have maybe cooled off a tiny bit this month. Um, you know, the Astros, I, I've watched the Astros and I just, I'm just not that impressed by them. Like mm-hmm. the pitching is good, but you know, Valdez and, and Christian Javier are really good. But like behind that, Hunter Brown has been uh, really good for a rookie, but he's been kind of a mid rotation type, you know, caliber pitcher this year. Uh, but behind that, like it, it's just, there's not that much there. The bullpen is just okay. Like Ryan Presley or uh, yeah, Ryan P- Presley's really, really good in the back end. But and then you look at their lineup and they just, it's not the same guys. Like, you know, Jordan Alvarez is out. He'll be out for a little bit longer. Like, you know, Altuve has been good, but you look at Jose Abreu has just not worked out for them. You know, you got Martin Maldonado in there every single night. You've got Chaz McCormick or or or, or Myers, whoever's playing center every night. Like, they're fine players, but it's just not that same kind of, like, you know, in the past, you've been just scared of almost everybody in that lineup. And this year, it's just not that way anymore. And uh, the Angels, man, they that franchise is so snake bit. Like mm-hmm. every, it seems like they get on a roll and it's just like, then they just get massive amounts of injuries. And, uh, it's really unfortunate I, so far this year, Trout and Otani fingers crossed. I've been healthy all year. Otani has been insanely good, like best player in baseball by far. You know, we've been saying that for a while that he's so good, but like this year has just been even more remarkable at the plate, but, uh, Trout's been okay. Oh, he's been good, but he hasn't been as normal. Like what we've c- come to think of Mike Trout being this year, but, um, you know, they made the, they, they started making moves this week. Yeah. The angels have gone out and acquired Eduardo Escobar and my, uh, Mike Moustakis from the Mets and Rockies respectively. Um, a couple of veteran players there to kind of buoy their first base and third base situations. What with Gio Urshela being out for the season. Also, I believe Jordan Alvarez is down right now for the Astros so that lineup is even less potent with him not in the lineup than it than it usually is and you know you mentioned the the Astros being a volatile team I I just don't 
I don't know that uh, Alex Bregman's been very good either this season. Slug just hasn't been there for him. He had a home run this week. Um, but, you know, that's a guy who needs to get going for the Astros. Same for Jose Altuve. He hasn't really been present for this team this season after that, that injury in the World Baseball Classic. Um, you also got the the Mariners rotation, right? One of the best rotations in baseball with Luis Castillo, George Kirby. Uh, you know, that's that's one that you know, Logan Gilbert, you, you expect that team to be able to put together some wins. But Rodriguez hasn't been there, right? It's the same old story. You know, Ty France hasn't been there. And if that team, you know, considers selling, there's a lot of really valuable pieces in that in that group that, that could be on the market. And the problem is the Mariners have, have really bought in and they're trying to get there. And that's a team that, you know, with a, a stretch of really good games from the offense, maybe even their own buy, uh, they could really, you know, step it up and get into the wild card race. But it's, uh, man, it, the Rangers look so good right now. I, I, I kind of disagree with you on Simeon and, and Garcia being kind of streaky guys. I think those guys have been really steady. They, they are what they are. You know, Garcia is not going to walk a ton, but he's going to hit for power and he's going to drive in runs, man. He's got, I think, second most RBIs in the majors right now. Uh, that's that's a guy who produces runs in the middle of the order for that team. Marcus Simeon's been a he's leading the AL in runs. He's he's been on base all season. He's been very, very good base running. He's playing great defense at second base, just doing Marcus yeah. Simeon things. And, you know, the way they, that the Rangers have constructed this lineup around you know, two big free agent contracts in the middle infield, which is a really good way to do that. Those are very, you know, reliable players that are always going to play good defense. And, you know, Corey, in Corey Seager's case, he's always going to be, you know, a, a almost 300 hitter with a, you know, 380 OBP and a good slug, right? Corey Seager's just, just, he's always there. He's always present. So good. Then, then they add, you know, some breakouts from Jonah Heim, Josh Jung and, and Adolis Garcia. That's how you get an offense like this Rangers offense is right now. And, and they've balanced it out very nicely. And I really like that team. I think they're going to keep it going and they're going to buy it here coming up. And, you know, the way they've been aggressive in free agency, I think they're going to keep being aggressive on the trade market. Yeah, it'll be interesting with them to see if, you know, they've got those pitchers that they've drafted the last few years that have been either gotten banged up or have struggled at times like Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker and uh, some of these some of those guys. And it'll be interesting to see if they tap into that you know, pool of guys who still have a lot of value around the league. I think people still like their upside, but they maybe aren't quite as, you know, highly thought of prospects as they once were. It'll be interesting if they uh, decide to tap into that to make a big move at the deadline, maybe for a controllable piece. Mm -hmm. This roster is all controllable, but we'll see if that happens. Um, I think that, um, you know, and I think all these teams, you mentioned the, the Mariners, they DFA'd Chris Flexen, who had yep. a couple of pretty good years, but this year had been horrible. And I just don't ever think that offense is going to get going. They just, they made some moves at, you know, that, that yep. were, you know, that were pretty good on paper, but they just, the, the, you know, to help that team around the edges and they just didn't work out. Like, I think we loved the, the trade for, um, I think we both love the trade for Teoscar Hernandez for them, give yep. up a reliever for him. And yep. he just hasn't been very good. I mean, he hasn't been the same guy this year. And then like stuff like Colton Wong, um, you know, he, they saw, they brought him in this year. And I mean, last year he had his career high WRC plus, And this year he just was awful all year. So, you know, you kind of look at, it just hasn't worked out for them. Now, one thing to look at with the Mariners is, that last year, if you remember, they had like a horrible start and they mm -hmm. just got caught, got red hot in the second half. Now, 
they also had a lot of pieces like like Eugenio Suarez that just hit last year, whereas you probably shouldn't be relying on him to do quite what he did last year again. Like you feel like he could be good again, but maybe not what he did last year. And I think that might be a little bit of what the Mariners are looking at too. Yeah, the the big issue with the Mariners, I think, is the you know that they haven't gotten any production really on offense from yep. you know guys like that that, that were there last yeah. year like JP Crawford yeah, Julio, like Ty yeah, France Julio like Eugenio Suarez yeah and Rodriguez yeah he he had, he's been good but he hasn't been the same like they needed an MVP version of him mm-hmm. like they did got last year to be what they were last year but uh what I guess one last thought on the AL West is and <laughs> that might be like one of the few times we talk about the A's but. Do you think the A's move some of their pieces that have been good this year but are very controllable? And primarily talking about Ryan Noda and mm-hmm. uh, and, and Brent Rooker because they've got like six years of control on each of them. And I think that Rooker at least, you know, for sure is a guy that, you know, you feel like you might be selling high on him if you sell him this year, whereas – you know, is he actually going to be this good in four or five years? Or you kind of look at him as a rental type where it's like, he's only, he's been good this year, but he's probably not going to keep this up for a couple more years and be part of the future. Both of those guys have a very Joey Gallo look to them right now. And, and it's very scary. You know, 30% strikeout rate is, it's exploitable, right? You, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't run something that high. Note has got just a spectacular approach. He's able to take so many walks that's very, you know, a 387 on base is very, very attractive for any team. But dedicating current prospects for a guy that is producing at the major league level, but he's producing in a lineup where he's not getting pitches anyway, right? Yeah. He's the best hitter in the lineup at this point. And, you know, is he going to be able to do damage when he's got to go up there and get the hit instead of take the walk? I don't know, right? I don't know that 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 some of these playoff teams are going to be willing to go out there and give up legitimate prospects for Ryan Noda or Brent Rooker. I do think it's a smart move. If you are a, a borderline team right now, like the Mariners, right? We'll, we'll talk about some more, maybe one of these, those AL central teams that need a hitter, you know, that, that can, that can really take some offense to the next level. They would love to get there, but I just don't know if either of those guys are someone that you're going to give up legitimate prospects for at this point. Yeah. I like both of those guys. I want them both to be good hitters. I want them both to be 130 WRC plus hitters for the rest of their, you know, <laughs> rest of their career, right? Like, yeah, keep oh, going. Yeah. But there's no evidence that that's going to continue. And I think, you know, that's the reason they haven't been moved yet. I'm sure teams are calling in on them, but they're probably calling in with very light offers. And the A's have no reason to sell them because what if these guys stay this good? You can, you can hang on to that and wait uh, and wait for those guys yeah, to prove it, it a little more. Yeah, and you mentioned Ryan. You know, Ryan Noda is also a Rule Five pick, so there might mm-hmm. be some uh, weird, like, you know, does he, you know, if a team takes him on, like, do they think he's gonna stick with the big leagues? Because you could also be giving up prospects, and then if he just has a horrible second half, you feel like you want to option him, and he, you can't. So, right. Um, but definitely an interesting, you know, thing to look at there, and we'll we'll see what happens in this division. It's gonna be a this. I think this is gonna be a good one to watch the rest of the year. I think you're right. So let's move over to the National League. We'll talk about your National League East. Uh, the Atlanta Braves are leading this division at 51 and 27. They are rapidly approaching the or the Tampa Bay Rays for the best record in Major League Baseball. The Miami Marlins are six and a half games back at 45 and 34, and in second place in this division by a lot. Uh, the Phillies are 40 and 37, and 10 and a half games out. 
The Mets are 35 and 43, 16 games back of the Braves in first, and the Nationals are 30 and 48, 21 games out. Matt, the Braves have been really good, but the order of that division is awfully odd for what we left it at at the end of May. Yeah, I mean, first off, I don't. I, the, the Braves are insane. Like mm-hmm. they've been just. Hold on, guys. Ins- hold on. Wait. Wait. Let me let me say <laughs> that so that it's, yeah. they they know it's not the bias, guys. The Braves are insane. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Now. Well, I mean, <laughs> and and and, and in, in the past, I've been a little bit like you know, I've tried to be objective with them and everything, and have been a little bit cautious of the Braves, and I still have some mm-hmm. some things that I'm a little bit cautious about with the Braves right now, but. They are, I mean, they're just hitting the ball, hitting home runs at just an insane clip right now. I mean, they hit five home runs off Joe Ryan tonight. We just talked about Joe Ryan is a really good pitcher. Like, he's got a sub-three ERA, a sub-three FIP. Like, he is just an insanely good pitcher. And, uh, I mean, it, they're doing it, like, on a nightly basis. And it's, just, it's one of those stretches where it's like when they lose a game, they it, it feel, and we'll probably talk about one of the games they lost here in a minute, but when they lose a game, it's like, it takes everything to go wrong for that team for them to just lose one game. Like it's like mm-hmm. eleven to ten with a bunch of like lucky hits or something, and you know a you know a fluke. You know, so there's it's, it feels like it takes a or a, just a horrible outing by a pitcher, or it feels like it takes some kind of fluke for them to lose a game, which is just crazy. But uh, moving on from them, and they're just, they're easily going to win the division at this point it looks like i mean you never know what might happen you could have injuries and stuff but they have 99 percent playoff odds they've got 96 percent division winning odds they have 22 percent world series winning odds which is pretty wild but if you look beyond the braves right now um the marlins have been really good and, and mm-hmm. people including myself have been really like just bearish on them because their run differential is not good they were winning tons of one-run games, but I feel like they they're playing better lately, and they are the type yeah. of team that could have good records in those one-run games. Like not maybe not mm-hmm. the, quite the level that they've had this year, but like good a good one. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, before we get to the Mets, l- let yeah. me let me let me give you guys the updated stats really quick on on this guy, this guy named Ronald Acuna Jr. I, I just want to oh. I want to go over this because. Ronald Cunha Jr. is doing something that I don't think I've I've seen, and it's blowing my mind. So, first thing, Ronald Cunha Jr.'s strikeout rate at, uh, for his career when he came up at age 20 per year, 25% when he came up, 26% in 2019 when he almost went 40-40, uh, 30% in 2020, 24% in 2021, clearly was cutting back, but got hurt, right? He's he's right at the same plate appearances that he took in 2021. He's at that same level of plate appearances this year. That year, he was really good, 4.4 wins above replacement player. 2022, last year, it seemed like that you know he was sapped to that power. That's when he got hurt. That's why he had the ACL. 24% strikeout rate. So two consecutive seasons of 24% coming off of two, thir- three seasons of like 30%. He was getting better, but he, it's pretty clear he had stabilized at 24%. This year, He's got a 12.5% strikeout <laughs> rate. He's got 19 home runs, 35 stolen bases, 70 runs scored, a 166 WRC plus, and he's leading Major League Baseball in wins above replacement. I like this is this is he's going to win MVP unanimously. He's going to he might be 40-40. He might be 40-50 at this point. Like 
This dude is so good. He's stolen four bases or a base four games in a row. Then tonight he hit two home runs. I, I am at, I am flabbergasted. I, I just want to give him all the praise right now because he is doing some stuff that I've never seen before. Cutting your strikeout rate in half at year five of your career when that, that should be stabilized. That's absurd. That should not happen, and he's making it happen anyway. Not to mention that Matt Olson is is almost tied with Shohei Otani for the most homers in Major League Baseball on this team, and Ozzy Albies is suddenly on pace for 40 home runs. Okay, like the, the Braves are incredible. They've got I think 12 100 WRC plus players. Orlando Arcia has a 820 OPS. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve players on their roster with at least thirty games played have a one hundred WRC plus or greater, and all this is without Austin Riley playing like an MVP candidate like he did last year, without Michael Harris performing well like he did last year, without Danzy Swanson. Both, by the way, both of Michael Harris and Austin Riley at Homer tonight. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> like, you know <laughs> they're the bat. They're the players that have struggled. <laughs> I just, dude, the, the, we're we're going on about the Braves. It's we. I know Damien's not here to stop it, so we're we're going to talk about him. But my goodness, and, and I think it's worth mentioning. I also want to note a big reason of why the Marlins have stepped forward this season is that one, their bullpen has been really, really good. Yeah. Uh, it's full of guys who are nasty throwing sidearm. 97 plus uh, Tanner Scott's been good. Uh, they've had some other guys who are just really, really good in that bullpen. I'm AJ trying. Puck. Yeah. AJ Puck's been a very good reliever was, for them. I was very critical of that trade mm-hmm. when they made it for trading JJ Blade, who had lost some of his prospect shine, but I still kind of believed would be a, an, a pretty mm-hmm. good major leaguer. And I, I, I was very, you know, I did not like that trade. Um, and AJ Puck's been, been awesome for them. Yeah. Dylan, Dylan Floro's been good again. He's very reliable yeah. back there, but they've had Huskar Brazavon, who's been really nasty, um, you know, but the, the big one is Tanner Scott, right? He He's their kind of their firearm guy who can go come in and get lefties out in the middle of the lineup. He has the most innings, the most war on their in their bullpen. That That is a big, big development that they've been able to put together a very strong bullpen. That combined with bringing up Yuri Perez, who has a 1.34 ERA and yeah. nine starts has transformed this team. That's why they are where they are right now. His, he has been spectacular in June. He hasn't given up a run in three straight starts. Yeah. He's been awesome. And, and also, you know, Jesus Lazardo, who, you know, the A's gave up on mm-hmm. and he, you know, started to show some signs last year. Well, he's been really good this year too. Like he's been yep. part of this, um, you know, and and they're doing this without without uh, Sandy Alcantara pitching very well at all. I mean, he's got yep. a five plus ERA right now. Like, mm-hmm. he, and you feel like, you know, some of his peripherals show that he really has regressed some this year. But like, I think that most of his peripherals are showing him probably being like an upper threes ERA type pitcher right now. So, right. like, they've had some bad luck there. Uh, the one thing that does concern me about the Marlins going forward is just they just don't have much lineup depth. Uh, they've got some yeah. guys. Arias obviously has hit extremely well. I, I'm still so skeptical he's going to keep this pace up. He's hitting 397 right now. He actually struck out tonight, which is crazy. Well, <laughs> it's only his 16th of the year. But, um, you know, and Jorge Soler has been really good for them. But they they need some guys to step up. Segura hasn't been good. Chisholm's been hurt a lot. And, 
you know, he kind of they need him to step up some. This team's got the talent to where they could get they could actually improve from within before you know before the deadline. And I do think that there's a chance this team tries to make a trade at the deadline to add yeah. a bat. They've got so much so many young controllable pitchers that you know maybe even a big league to big league trade where they trade with the Cardinals or something and drop, give up a pitcher and get a bat. You know that type of thing could be big for the Marlins, but uh, definitely uh, definitely. You know, I've, I've liked what I've seen from them this year. I mean, they've got 61% playoff odds right now from yep. fan graphs, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, they're probably not going to have a chance in the division, but they would have a chance in just about any other division. And uh, definitely an interesting team to watch. But the the other two teams we'll talk about, and I'll let you go first on these because, <laughs> well, your team's playing one of them right now. But the Phillies, and, the Phillies are, in, are in third right now, and then the Mets. Yeah, so – Phillies, the Phillies to me have been bitten by the, the injury has really plagued the Phillies, not to mention the the construction of the roster is yep. questionable. And it is you're they're they're in Nola, especially is dealing drastically with having Kyle Schwarber play left field oh every my day. God. Nick Castellanos play right field every day. Right. And then, you know, you're playing Alec Bohm at first, who's not – he's not a first baseman by trade. You don't really have a third baseman. This is a – you know, Trey Turner's good at shortstop, but he's the only one, right? Like, this is a team that's built around a lot of DHs playing the field. And and I, while I fought for Kyle Schwarber's fielding prowess back in the day when he was a younger lad, uh, at this point he's a DH and he needs to not be playing the field. The problem is Bryce Harper's got an elbow injury and he can't play the field. So – you know, and Bryce Harper's elbow is clearly bothering him. He's not slugging. Um, you know, the Phillies are beating the Cubs right now, but it's it's a it's a Jamison Tayon thing versus <laughs> versus yeah. a Phillies thing. I think um, th- the other note that we have here is that the Mets are thirty five and thirty five and forty three. Man, that is shocking. That is a team with a four hundred million dollar payroll. And while payroll isn't everything, like that's that's just clear yeah. evidence. You can't just buy your way to you wins. Can't. You can't. And and that's really the case with both of these teams. You know, the Phillies have just spent a ton in free agency that did not do a very good job developing in in uh, in house talent. They've had a little bit of some some form of success lately with the likes of Bryson Stott and Alec Bohm at least being fine big leaguers, but. You know, they've tried to just buy their way in. I mean, and Aaron, Aaron Nola is also homegrown too, but like they've really just tried to buy their way in. And, you know, you mentioned Schwarber. He's got negative 16 defensive runs saved this year. Like, that is just shockingly bad. And he's also got negative 11 outs above average, or sorry, negative 12 outs above average. And we're not even like halfway through the season yet, or we're getting close to halfway through the season. Like, that's just an insanely bad number. And, yeah. I mean, he cost them a game the other day against the Braves where, you know, it's like he just drops a fl- fly ball to left field, takes a bad route, he's too slow to get to it, and he just dropped it. Like, it's just a bad – it's just a bad situation there with him. But, I mean, the, the Phillies, the, the roster construction is not good. They're, they're a team that they're snake bit by injuries, but but a mm-hmm. lot of it's also just because they have zero depth. Like, they just when, – when you get beyond their, you know, expensive key players, they, they just don't have any – they don't have anybody else like right. it's not they don't have any they don't have a farm system that you know to, for 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 too much and you know they don't have a bench like they're playing Cody Clemens at first cuz Reese Hoskins got hurt and you know they could have added some kind of you know corner infield bat 
you know, it's like uh, before the season, and they just they've spent so much money on a few key players that, and and honestly, I mean, Kyle Schwarber's had got negative WAR this year, so yeah, he hasn't been good. You know, it's been hitting home runs. Rough. That's it. He's hitting home runs, and that's it. And then, I mean, you talk about the Mets. That team is. I don't think I've ever seen a team lose games in as many different ways as the Mets are losing games right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's really hard to believe. I mean, they you had the other day where they they had a walk single. They were up by I think they were up by four runs. They might have been up by three runs at the time. They had a walk single, walk error on a double play ball that got thrown in that got no outs. And then they had another walk, so they walked in a run. And then they had back-to-back hit-by-pitches to t- bring in the tying and winning and the go-ahead runs for the Phillies. Like, they lost that game. Like, they've lost games where, you know, they, they had – they lost – in Atlanta, they lost three games. They had a, a three-run lead in three straight games, lost all three of them. It's like the first time that's ever happened. Like – the Mets are just losing games in so many different ways. The bullpen is not very good. They obviously miss Edwin Diaz, but mm-hmm. they just don't have a lot of depth there. It just, even if they had Edwin Diaz, they just don't have a lot of depth there. Like Robertson's been pretty good for them, but they just don't have a ton of guys. Their rotation just has – they really are, are just two guys. And when you put all your guys. eggs – you put all your eggs in a 40-year-old and a 41-year-old, it's not going to go well. And mm-hmm. it, it just isn't. And – you know they're paying them. 40, I, they're paying paying them over eighty million dollars right between with the you. two. And worth the fact noting of the matter is, they going, have to pay those guys oh. that much money next year, and there ain't nobody that's going to take those contracts on. Like if they try to sell, so and then the lineup. I mean, last year their lineup was good, but they had a lot of guys who weren't hitting the ball very hard. That that had a very high BABIP. I mean, guys like you know, and, and, and I mean Jeff McNeil's a good player, but like that's kind of the type of player he is. Like. Last year he ran a pretty high Babbitt, but he just does not hit the ball hard. And mm-hmm. the Mets have to get like four or five singles in a row, with the exception of Pete Alonso, who's hitting home runs. Like, and he's been hurt for well, he's hurt for a few games, but you know, it, Lindor hasn't been great. Like, and and they seem like they're just stuck in the mud. Like they just seem like they have no life right now. And it's uh, they're the New York media is on them. They mm. are just an absolute dumpster fire right now. So I, I don't think they'll turn it around to the point of making the wild card. I know they have they still have 13% playoff odds on fan graphs. I, I really don't see that happening. They already – obviously they traded Eduardo Escobar, which is kind of a sell move. Although, you know, having Brett Beatty up probably is more contributing yeah. to that than anything else. Yeah, but, they don't need him. Right, but like – I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold pieces where they maybe can. Like I, I don't know. I don't remember what David Robertson signed his contract to, but maybe him. Yeah, he'll or, be. Yeah, I mean, like Tommy Pham was actually a really good one-year signing that they made. Like that might be He's a good, good piece to move. He's been good for them, so they might end up actually selling at the deadline, which is wild. But they won't sell everything because they just don't have that much to sell. Like they they've got long-term players and players on bad contracts, and then they've got just a couple of these little pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The Mets, uh, Steve Cohen tweeted today that he was going to have a press conference before tomorrow's game. And, you know, that could be him announcing them selling. That could be him announcing that it's his fault. That could be him announcing that like Buck Showalter's fired Uh, a lot of different things that could be right. It could be him announcing that they're not done yet and that he's going to go out and try to fix the team. That's going to be what it is. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things it could be. And 
you know, I, I think that'll be worth keeping our eye on. We'll certainly mention that the next time we get together, but, um, you know, the, the way this, this is trending is that the Mets are going to be selling, but the selling that they can do is pretty limited, right? As you mentioned, the one I've been wondering about, and I, I've been tweeting about it because it's a it's a perfect fit for the Cubs, is that you know if they popped Pete Alonso onto the block, I'm willing to bet they would get some very very hefty calls. We've mentioned that a lot of different teams need a bat. We're getting to more teams that are going to need a bat. If they are going to kickstart a rebuild, that Pete Alonso only got one more year left on his deal after this year. That's one way to do it, right? And that's first base. It's pretty standard that you can replace at first base. You know, getting a bat out there is certainly a possibility. Pete Alonso's got a 399 X Woba. So I highly, highly doubt the Mets sell multi-year guys that are good. Like they might I don't try disagree to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be, I'd be absolutely shocked because because Steve Cohen might not think he can fix the team this year, but I bet he thinks he can fix it in the off season. Yeah. And, you know, he's not going to want to get rid of Pete Alonso, who he'll probably want to resign because the way that Steve Cohen operates, he operates the team like he's a fan, which mm-hmm. he is. And he's a fan and of Steve, Pete Alonso. He, yeah. Pete Alonso is a fan favorite there. He's going to resign Pete Alonso. I mean, that's probably what's right. going to happen. Like, and it, it's, he runs it like a fan. That's why he signed, you know, real big names like Verlander and Scherzer, even though they're old and coming off of injuries and stuff and it hadn't worked out. Well, he, Pete Alonso is a guy who he's a fan favorite. They're going to sign him. Like I, I'll be shocked if they don't. Um, so that'll be a, the, 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 the Mets will be, the, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the deadline. But uh, the last team here, the nationals are in last place. They've had some interesting developments this year. Mackenzie Gore has been, pretty good i guess yeah he's been good uh josiah gray's been pretty good for them too which it's nice to have that one two in their rotation cj abrams has been really bad which kind of sucks for them that former high-end prospect uh he just hasn't had a good year he reminds me of victor he, robles <laughs> he, he reminds really me good a little, glove can't hit the man. glove the glove for abrams this year has been Every time I, I'm pretty sure, and it might just be a. I haven't really looked at his numbers defensively, but it might just be a a, a Braves. That, yeah, he's got negative four defensive value on fan graphs right now with the glove. Like he's got that reputation, but man, it's been rough this year. Negative ten outs above average for at shortstop. Like he is a 22 year old playing you know, Major League Baseball. Yeah, like, I, I, te- I would say. <laughs> It's, you can't give up on a guy like that. I, yet, I'm not saying is, give up. I'm not saying yeah. give up. I'm just saying like the development there is not good right now. Like you do not like what, what how he's developed. He's got an 80 WRC plus. He does have good base running metrics. That's really all he's done well this year. So, um, but you know you got the McKenzie Gore and Josiah Gray being you know decent. Luis Garcia has been all right at times. I think um, you know one guy that I think is really interesting to look at, and I saw a. I saw a post, uh, I forgot where it was at, but people were talking about Lane Thomas as maybe being he's a been, trade trade candidate. He's and been he's really been, good. He's been legitimately really good. Um, you know, offensively, a 130 WRC+. Plus, you know, you, you do worry a little bit about the profile. He, he strikes out a bit, does not walk much, and has a 369 BABIP right now. But he does have good speed, which means yeah, he probably he... can run a pretty good BABIP. And, you know, he, he seems like a guy that maybe and he's got a couple years of control but he he is past like what you would expect he's going to be beyond the the nationals window and he's not really a guy you kind of expect to be an extension but long-term solution 
So it might be interesting to see with Lane Thomas if they might move him and get something interesting back for him. He's he's got 1.7 WAR this year so far, which is really good. So we'll see what happens with him. They will be moving J. Mayor Candelario. I oh think. yeah, that, yeah, that is the that's the obvious one. And, yeah. and you take and a look really at good too. you take a look at the 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 baseball savant pages on both Thomas, not super interesting. Candelario really good in the field, yeah. which is not something that anyone expected back when he was a prospect, they thought he was going to be kind of a bad fielder. And then he's got some good exit velocities. He's a, he's a solid hitter all around. Just the, the type of guy teams are going to want. So of all the guys that we've mentioned, Candelario almost definitely getting moved Thomas, maybe, I, but I can't see yeah. a team giving enough to, uh, to, to get the nationals to kind of opt out of that couple years of control yeah. that he has so you know you, they, you won't get anything big for him but maybe a low tier pitching prospect but then that might not be worth it so let's move on to the nl central because we spent way too much time on the yeah. nl east but the nl east might be the most interesting division in baseball honestly yeah and that's that's us saying that the and damian would say it's the nl west you know but but we'll get there uh nl central Milwaukee Brewers and Cincinnati Reds both have 41 wins. Brewers have half a game in the bank based on losses, but they're about to lose to the Mets tonight, uh, 6-0 to zero over there. So consider that tied between the Brewers and the Reds, slightly over 541-38. Cubs are at 37-39, and 39, three games back. The Pirates are at 35-42, and 42, five and a half back, but they have dropped drastically. Got swept by the Cubs twice in the last two weeks. Cardinals are at 32 and 45, still last in this division by a solid margin. Uh, Matt, every team is still technically alive, but it's starting to look like a three-horse race. Yeah, uh, I'll let you talk more about this division uh, than you yeah. know, obviously with being the Cubs, but the, the Brewers cannot hit. They can't hit, and then <laughs> they can't. And they, I think that I probably still favor them in the division because at some point their pitching will get healthier. I think Brandon Woodruff coming back will help them a lot. You know, they've missed, I mean, Corbin Burns, I think will eventually get going. Um, and you know, it's just, they're going to have to add somebody at the deadline, uh, uh, some, you know, at, at the plate, like they're going to have to add maybe two hitters and they might add around the edges there, but I don't, I don't know, man. They don't have a single hitter with an 800 OPS right now, and it's just, it's rough, you know, offensively for them right now. Uh, and you look at the Reds. That's the team that I think is so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And you know, I watched that the Braves played a series against them this weekend. The Reds came into that series with an 11 game winning streak, and they won the first game. It's the only game the Braves have lost in like two weeks. And it was 11 to 10. Ellie De La Cruz hit for the cycle. Joey Votto hit two home runs. He had come back last week and hit. He's hit three or four home runs since he's come back. The Reds are really fun. It's really a shame because right now they have a lot of pitching injuries. Like the mm-hmm. starting pitching's their issue. They have a lot of pitching injuries. You know, uh, Hunter Green's been on the IL. It sounds like he's probably not going to be out too long, but Nick Lodolo's been on the IL. We'll see maybe when he comes back eventually. Andrew Abbott's come up and been good, but, um, you know, like they just, they need some pitching. Yeah. I think this team with their offense, I don't know how sustainable it is. They do have a lot of guys running high K rates with a high BABIP, but they do hit the ball really hard. Ellie Dela Cruz hits it hard. Matt McLean just keeps hit barrels. Yeah. Um, He's it been is, impressive. Yeah, like he yeah, he really has, and I mean, but and a lot of the you know the other people, all the prospects they brought up have really been good. Like they Spencer really Steer's been good. He has. Um, I mean, it, it's been 
it's really just been everybody. I mean, the guys that they had kept from the last few years uh, that, you know, were, were pretty good, like maybe, you know, potential cornerstones for the future type guys. Uh, Jonathan India being one of them has been really good. Uh, Stevenson's been not a, as good, but he's been yeah, all he's right. Had, he had, he's had some he's, tough. He's had some, he's had some injuries and some tough luck and everything. But, I mean, this team is – I think they're pretty legit offensively. The bullpen could use some work. Uh, Alexis Diaz has been really good, but the rest of the bullpen could use some work. I do think this is a team that if they can stay afloat for the next couple of weeks, which with their offense, it's kind of hard to believe they could. Right. Especially in this division, they might swing a trade. This is a team that to watch out for their sneaky, aggressive team sometimes. Remember a few years ago, mm-hmm. they traded for Trevor Bauer at the deadline when they didn't really need to. Uh, they've they went out. They've signed contracts too to players. Like they signed Mike Mustakas and Nick Castellanos a few years ago. Like when this team's kind of smelled smelled it and kind of felt like they might have a chance, they haven't just sat on their hands completely. Like I know they're right. never going to run a very high payroll, but they haven't just completely sat on their hands. So it's a team that I do think um, will be interesting to watch for, and they sneaky could could be in this at the end. And I think. I kind of start feeling like the Cubs might be in this at the end as well, but you can talk about them. So I've been saying all along that I would much rather be chasing the Reds than the Brewers. I was always kind of skeptical about the Reds. Starting to reverse that opinion. I am scared of the Reds offense. It is very strong. We didn't even mention TJ Friedel, Jake yeah. Fraley. They've both been super Jake good. Fraley kept, Jake Fraley hit like four home runs this weekend. I, yeah. I was like, I, I knew he had had a good year, but I was like, man, this guy's actually like really good. The, the the thing that's so dangerous about the Reds is that they believe. They believe yeah, they can they go do. out and win that division, and, and that scares the hell out of me because I think they are – I think they're the division favorite right now I, if I had to put it on them, right? The, the Brewers are, are a team that, that everyone has kind of co- consistently felt like is the best team. I think it's the, Red, the Reds at this point, but especially if they believe and the ownership believes and gets behind them and the front office gets, gets behind them and they make a move to improve that pitching staff – that they they're going to be scary um you know the, the brewers I mean, willie adamas has been just dreadful christian yeah. yelich has experienced a bit of a renaissance you mentioned 800 ops christian yelich is at 798 i mean yeah, he has he he's has close. been an 800 ops guy all yeah. season but you know yelich has been strong this year he's just been by himself right joey weimer has been in and out you know he's been maybe their best hitter besides yelich and Adamas has been bad they really haven't seen anybody else step up, right? William Contreras has been okay. Getting there, the, their pitching hasn't been good. Colin Ray is one of their starters, and like he's got like a five ERA. Like he shut down the Mets yesterday. He <laughs> was hilarious. Well, that's that's a Mets problem. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> that's that's the point. <laughs> right. the The Cubs are interesting because the Cubs' strength is not what I expected it to be. Uh, the starting pitching has been fantastic, except for Jameson Tayon. <laughs> Kyle, uh, uh, well, Kyle Hendricks has been really good since he came back, uh, which was small, all of June. He has the longest no-hit bid in baseball so far. Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman have both been absolutely spectacular for going on a calendar year uh, to the point that you know, you're getting confident those guys win the game every time they come out. And if they don't, something's wrong, like on Sunday when Stroman pitched and had a blister. And had to come out of the game early. That's that's about the only way he doesn't throw a quality start and win the game at this point. So, you know, those guys are just pitching super super well. The, the Drew Smiley's been good. Hendricks coming back and re, you know having that renaissance is so nice. 
they've got some pitching depth. They've got a bunch of guys they could really trust to take over that Tayon spot. They don't need to make a move for a starting pitcher, which is exactly not where I thought they would be to start the season. I thought for sure they would have to find a starting pitcher at this point in the season, and it, there wouldn't really be one available, and we'd be looking at the White Sox or a pitcher or something. Nope. They they need a bull, they need some bullpen help, and they need a bat. And, and, and if they got that, they might actually be a kind of a dangerous team. Right now they're hovering around 500. They've got a, a Pythagorean record that's way better than that because they, they keep losing on the margins. We talked about this back in the manager episode. They've won a lot of games since then, for what it's worth. They've swept the the Pirates twice. They've gotten themselves back in the division. I, I like where they're at, but, man, I really would feel more comfortable if they had maybe one more really good reliever and a bat. They, they need somebody, and, and I don't know who it is, but I hope they can figure it out because they can't keep running Trey Mancini at first base, man. He is so bad out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, um you know, if you look at the uh, – and I, I was watching the – London game on Sunday where Mm -hmm. with the Trey Mancini man that was but um but yeah I mean the 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 thing that does if I was a Cubs fan that would concern me is that they have really outperformed their peripherals on the on the mound I think that that's something that's that's how they um, especially with a lot of the names I know it is but and the defense that they've got and especially up the middle helps them because I think if you look at second base Nico Horner's Horner. a good defender. Swanson's mm-hmm. a great defender at short. Like, you know, I, I think that center field, uh, Bellinger, when he's bad, but when Bellinger's healthy, he's a really yeah. good one. But like, I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't know what you think if he's going to play center field any this year because of the injury and they've put him at first base because he's, they don't think he can play the outfield right now. Like, we'll see what happens there, but. Um, you know, the Cubs, you know, they have a 377 starters ERA. They have a 440 XFIP for their starters. I know that they get a lot of weak contact and that helps, uh, you know, but that is a pretty significant change. And I mean, I, I do think that there's some overperformance from some players. Like, I don't think Christopher Morell is going to keep up what he's done. I think he's good. I disagree with you, but he, maybe I not mean, this much, but he's, yeah, I mean, he's made some significant yeah. changes. Yeah, he's also I mean, he's 24 kinda, years old. Yeah, I mean, he. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a a good player and and has the potential, but he's just. I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't feel super confident in him being a 157 WRC plus guy. Like, I, you know, Miguel Maybe Amaya not. too. Like, he's got a 143 WRC plus. In That's on the strength games. of a lot of hit by pitches. By the way, yeah, he's got like eight hit by yeah, pitches. I was gonna say um, like, he's you know, been good. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. The Cubs have done a really good job of bringing in some guys who aren't are pretty under unheralded this year that have mm-hmm. kind of all kind of clicked a little bit. Like Mike Talkman being one, a couple of those pitchers you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's been a, a big help. Julian Merriweather was is Julian the big Merriweather. One. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. Like they they've been pretty good at that this year. Um, can you imagine where this team would be if Jason Hayward was still there? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but, um, right? Because he's been so good for the Dodgers, but <laughs> they've, they've had, you know? the problem is, is, is for every Julian Merriweather or Mike talk, yeah. it, there's a, there's an Eric Hosmer or an Andrew Patrick Simmons wisdom. or a wisdom, wisdom was wisdom earned his opportunity oh, this yeah, year and he, hit 12 I'm home saying, runs yeah. in April. You know, but but once he's he's stopped hitting, yeah. and he's been so disastrous, right? And then there's a Trey Mancini, and then there's a they just yeah. keep and there's a Michael yeah. Fulmer who's who's been good of late, but it, it just isn't what you wanted. Yeah. I'm frustrated with that aspect, but that you know, at least we're not who the two teams we're going to come up on and talk about. The Pirates and the Cardinals are in 
really bad spots now. Yeah. The Pirates are probably going to have to sell. Their their team is just oh, yeah. falling just... apart at the seams. The, the... And the Cardinals are uh, a disaster. Yeah, so, you know, and one more point that I want to make on the Cubs real quick is that I think that um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do at the deadline because they're three games back, and you would think they probably buy being that close, but it'll be interesting to see what they buy and how they buy. Like, because I think that there's not much belief that they're really a World Series contender. I mean, they could win this mm-hmm. division because the division's so bad. And it kind of goes back to that AL Central to debate, too, that we talked about. But, you know, or, if they seem like they don't have a lot of direction from the front office. Like, where do they want to go? Like, are they going to, are they contending right now? Are they trying to be like, a World Series contender right now, or are they just trying to be decent? Like, you know, are in the future, like, are they going to, you know, what's 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 the next three or four years going to look like? They seem like they've been signing some two- or three-year deals, like like Marcus Stroman was, and, you know, a couple of one-year deals, like, like Cody Bellinger. I mean, it just, it's kind of been confusing to me what their primary, like, direction is. But either way, um, it'll be interesting. And then moving on, the Pirates, they're still, t- they're still, ways away i mean they're a few years away from being a couple years away from being really good they've had some interesting you know things happen for them this year um you know i think that jack sawinski being pretty good has been nice for them he's cooled off uh you know i think that o'neill cruz being out for so long has really hurt this team that was kind of Mm -hmm. that exciting key player who he really needed to just take off for them to have a really good shot to to you know surprise this year um, and, and maybe they end up getting a couple of those young guys. I know they called up Nick Gonzalez somewhat recently. They called up, uh, you know, Henry Davis. Uh, you know, they, they're going to get some looks at those guys. And this team's kind of – they've shown it at times where they, they do you do feel like – feel pretty good about some of their young pieces. But uh, and you look at the Cardinals, and they'll definitely, definitely sell. You look at the Cardinals, and, man, I just don't know what they're going to do. Like, yeah. they're – they're, they're, this division is so bad that they're not like – it's unlikely that they make the playoffs, but it's not impossible. They have a 10% division win odds on fan graphs. I don't think they're going to win the division. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I, I just – it'll be interesting. They, they seems like they've just kind of made their – what they've got. I mean because they – the roster's poorly built because they just believed that their pitching was better than it is. And they've got some aging players on pretty big contracts. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's still really, really good. But, you know, you're kind of – this is the year you're banking on winning with Paul Goldschmidt because in the next few years, that contract's going to start to become a little bit of a overpay because he'll decline as he gets older. You know, Arenado's kind of similar in the fact that, like, this is the first half of a big contract to a really good player. And he'll start to – I mean, he's shown it a little bit this year. I mean, I know his numbers have bounced back, but – you know, he's still – he's not the same guy he was last year. And, I mean, they're just – I mean, they, they just – it feels like, you know, they've, they've totally mismanaged Jordan Walker is another thing. Oh, yeah. Like, he oh, does yeah. not need to be playing the outfield. He's He is so bad. I know he's young, and he hasn't played there much. He is so bad in the outfield. I just can't imagine a, a world where he ends up being good there. Like, yeah. you know, and, and it's a team that, like, honestly, if I were them – I would try to move Paul Goldschmidt, put Jordan Walker back at his natural position in the corner infield, put him at first base. And like, I, I don't know. I don't really love their farm system. I think they've got guys who have the, have tools or toolsy, but they don't have a lot of like, 
you know, I don't think they have a ton of skill, uh, baseball skill. Like, like Mason wins a guy who just, he throws the ball through the first baseman's glove and he can hit the ball really hard, but he just doesn't have a great approach at the plate. It feels like they have a lot of those types of guys in their farm system too. And mm-hmm. they just don't have any pitching to come up. Like they, their pitching's just not, yep. the, the pitching at the major leagues level is not good. And it just doesn't feel like they have many pieces in the minors to come in as pitchers. So one of their, one of their pieces that did come in was Matthew Liberator who pitched oh, yeah. on and Saturday he's, he's and got blown good. up by the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, and, and um, he, he's just, he's not good. Here, here's what I've got for you as we close out the NL Central. Uh, I guarantee you, you couldn't order the teams. If you didn't look at it already, you couldn't order the teams by run differential and descending order. You couldn't do it. You, you wouldn't You wouldn't get it right. Yep. Cubs are first in the in yeah. the as the only team with a positive run differential right now at 32. Second is the yep. Cardinals <laughs> with the ni- yeah. negative 16 run differential. Reds or the Brewers are third. Reds are fourth. Pirates are fifth. Um, that is mind blowing to me that yep. yeah that this it's division crazy. is it, it seems like you know the Cubs have played their way into third place from what could be first place right and the Brewers are not hitting and the Reds are are on the come up. The Cardinals have they should be in in contention and they aren't and that that feels like a managerial and a and a front office issue. Yeah. So let's go over to the NL West. We'll we'll spend some time there as well because Damien would probably argue this is the most interesting division in baseball. The Diamondbacks are forty seven and thirty two. They are almost tied with the Rangers in record. I would not have expected that going into June. Um, the Giants are 44 and 34, two and a half games out. The Dodgers are 43 and 34, three games out. The Padres are 37 and 41, nine and a half games out. The Rockies are 31 and 49, 16 and a half out. Diamondbacks, Matt. My goodness. Yeah, the Diamondbacks have been really good. Um, I mean, Corbett, for the Diamondbacks to be good this year, we knew they had some pieces. They had yep. the, the trade that they made in the offseason. For yep, that had to hit, that, that had to hit, and they had to have Corbin Carroll come out and immediately be like a stud. And Corbin Carroll has been every single bit of that. If it wasn't for Ronald Acuna just being like on another planet right now, Corbin Carroll would be the front runner for MVP. I think like he's been yeah. that good. Or, or I mean, I, we keep saying that, but we can't forget Arias if he somehow kept up what he's doing right now. Like there's gonna be a, I, I would, I, he's not nearly as valuable, even if he hits 400 as Acuna or Corbin Carroll, but the voters would think he is like, I, that's the thing. I wouldn't, I couldn't possibly give him MVP for 400 over, over Acuna's season. Right oh, now. I, I agree. Like, if Acuna doubled his numbers, if he was, if he played to, you know, if we're at like 80, 81 games, if he yeah. doubled Acuna's numbers, he would be just about 40, 70. Yeah, four home runs, stolen bases. You <laughs> can't not. You can't give the MVP to somebody else if somebody does that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that I think but, that there's a lot of older, old-fashioned, you know, writers that vote Arias. I mean, I, but either way, it's not going to happen. Arias is not going to steal or not going to hit 400, and yeah. Acuna is probably not going to go 40-70. I won't say that's impossible at the rate On he's pace at. for it. I'm not saying it's impossible. <laughs> well, I mean, Arias is at the pace to hit. 400 or he's hit 397 so yeah. he's close but i mean acuna like i i just i can't imagine that he ends up 40 70 like he will slow down one of those he'll, he'll his home run pace will slow down a little bit or his stolen base place i 40 60 is not out of the question for him like and, and i think that 
it's just insane. Like, you, I, it's, it's got to be MVP. Anyway, we're not talking yeah, about the Diamondbacks agree, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord Escuriel has been really, really good yeah, for this team. Yeah, he You know, he got a 484 slugging, 117 WRC plus, been every bit the, the trade piece they wanted. And Gabriel Moreno has been really good defensively yeah. as a catcher. He's been good at managing their pitching staff. Worth noting that their pitching staff includes Zach Yallen, who before the season we said was maybe a Cy Young favorite. Yep. But Merrill Kelly's been really good, and Andrew solid. Chapin's been solid at the back end. You know, they've got Scott Mago as well, who's been solid. Yep. This is this is a team that's it feels weird, right? They're missing something. There's there's pitching. no one behind Zach Gallen. Yeah. Well, Mer- Merrill Kelly's legitimately been really solid. Like his peripherals yeah. aren't 3.22 ERA peripherals, but they're good. He's been a solid pitcher. I yeah. agree, though. This team needs some help in that bullpen and and, and just rotation depth. Um, you know, if you look at their lineup, they also have some guys who, I mean, I don't think Geraldo Perdomo is going to have a 134 WRC plus rest of the season. Um, and we keep saying that, but he keeps keeps maintaining. Yeah, well, it, well <laughs> he had like a 165 last time we checked, so it's he he's been know, legitimately he's strong. Good. Good. The and approach good, is there now. The approach is there, and he was a good prospect. I mean, he was a yeah. top 100 guy, but I mean, Corbin Carroll, I wouldn't be shocked if he kept up what he's done. Yeah. Christian Walker, 130 WRC plus, elite defense at first base. Cattell Marte's been really, really good, which... yeah. When we when we I, talked about them before, we we said Kettle Marte's got to come out yeah. and have a really strong season, and we like, said Corbin Carroll does. Yeah, and some I mean like uh, the other the other big move that they made or one of the moves they made in the offseason that was kind of under the radar. Evan Longoria has been really good. He's yeah. got a 116 WRC plus. He's not playing every day. He's been solid for them. So you yeah. know this is a team that I think is um you definitely like what what you, what we've seen from them in the lineup some of their rotation they they are missing some depth in that pitching uh and, and i think that they're a team that could make some moves at the deadline i don't really believe that they are going to unless they make some really good moves i just i can't imagine them winning the division over the giants and dodgers like i really really like the the the, uh, the giants i i really like hmm. what the giants have done this year like so- that's interesting. Yeah, I think I'm the opposite. I think I'm yeah. on Team Diamondbacks here. I, yeah. I want the superstar, right? The, the Corbin Carroll is so much more important, and the Giants do not have a Corbin Carroll. Let's get that clear. Tyro Estado has been really good. Their most impressive player is rather easily Lamonte Wade, who's striking out exactly as much as he's walking, and he's striking yeah. out 18% of the time. So he's also walking 18% he's of the time. He's walking a lot. He's been very, very, very J- dangerous J.D. Davis has been really good. Um, J- yeah, you know, you look at you look at them, and, and I just I believe in the depth that they have, especially in the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Anthony Disclafani are all really good, and then you look at their bullpen's got depth too. Camilo yep. Doval, obviously great. Tyler Rogers has been really good. John Brebby has been really good. Luke Jackson, who came back, he's back. Him. He's back. I've always been a huge fan of Luke Jackson. I, I yep. loved him when he was he's a brave. back and he's pitching good. Yeah, he's pitching really. He's pitched. He's only pitched in nine games so far. He's pitched really good. He did go out of the game the other day with a, I think it was a back, but it wasn't his elbow that he had surgically repaired. It was back. I think he, he should, shouldn't be out too long. So I just, I believe in their, I, I do believe in this team's, uh, I, 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 I believe in their, their pedigree too. The giants over the last several years have done a really good job mixing and matching. And I just, I feel like down the stretch that depth is going to really help them. And the Dodgers, I, the Dodgers are obviously really good, but 
I worry a little bit about their pitching right now. Yeah, that's that's I mean, the worry for sure. It's just I just don't I don't believe in Tony Gonsolin to be really, really good. He's got a three thirty ERA. He's got a five oh one XFIP. Um I don't believe in I, I mean they've had all these injuries, some guys coming back. It it's hard to say when Clayton Kershaw how long how much he stays healthy. Like you know, it, it just Yeah. Kershaw does always take a break midseason exactly. for the back, and the bullpen's been good as it always is for them. But I don't, I don't know. I, the lineup's good. They've got the star power. Freddie Freeman's obviously been great this year. Mookie Betts has been great this year. Will Smith has been great this year. You go beyond Will that. Is, Will Smith is hunting on, best catcher yeah, in baseball he's status. A, he's been on a tear lately. Um, and uh, you know, JD Martinez has been good too. He's right. a good signing. He's good for a lot he of power. Has. The thing about J.D. Martinez is that he's hit for a lot of power, but the approach is gone. And he's yeah, striking out that's... 30% of the time. If he if he continues – I don't know if he will continue to hit for this much power. I think teams will start to exploit him a little bit more. I saw some, some things about how he's changed his approach where he's just absolutely murdering fastballs right now, and he's been very swing-happy in certain – situations and I think teams will start to figure that out but I mean I you know they've had a lot of over like James Altman has a yeah. 346 BABIP still and I just I don't know man I I think they're a good team the Dodgers are always good the one thing that everyone seems to think about the Dodgers is that they will add at the deadline which they might um it depends but I mean it, it, easier said than done this year like yeah, there's Adding just at not the deadline a lot. is easier said than done. There's just not a lot out there. Like they could add Lucas Giolito. He's a Southern California guy, sure. Like, is Lucas Giolito going to make this team like way better? I, I don't think they're going to catch. I don't think they're going to catch catch fire enough to be the favorite in the in the league. They do have the easiest strength of schedule remaining in the National League, which helps them a lot. But uh, definitely. Um, Definitely an interesting team. The star power, if if they stay healthy and continue to produce, I think they'll be there at the end. They'll at least make the playoffs. Um, then uh, the, the last like team that is controversial, I guess, that we'll talk about, I guess, the Padres. What what do you think of the Padres right now? So Fernando Tatis had the best June of anybody. Golly, he, he's been he was, so good. He was June MVP, uh, basically, and all that and. Juan Soto's had an incredible June, you know, right. He's back to being Juan Soto, 425 OBP. His walk rate matches his K rate at 21%. So that's (laughs) absurd. A lot of walks. Up to 14 homers too. So the power's back. He's over 500 slugging, right. Juan Soto's being Juan Soto. The rest of the lineup is gone. Yeah. (laughs) The Padres depth is so it's, you know, we talked about it with the Braves, right? How many, they had 12 players at over a 100 WRC plus the Padres are at like three. Yeah. Um, it is brutal right now for for the Padres offensively, you know, and they've got good starting pitching, but their bullpen's been a little bit spotty at times, right? I mean, Josh Hader's good. Uh, Steven Wilson's good. Other than that, right, they give up a lot of runs middle of the game, and they, they, they do not have the offense to, to kind of buoy that. Bogarts has been really, really slumping since the beginning of the season, uh, down to 106 WRC+. Machado has been a lot better of late since he got back from the injury, but has still overall not been what you need from the, you know, the big star third baseman, but all that Jay Cronenworth's been bad, right? Like this team's just underperformed across the board and you you can't, 
you can't just go to the playoffs on the strength of Fernando Tatis and Juan Soto, despite, you know, what the Padres owner might wish. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like you come into the season and the thing about the Padres has always been, they just completely ignored having a deep roster to have four superstars mm-hmm. and, and their pitching is they're the way that they have built this pitching staff is weird. Yeah. First off that, that, that the lineup, like, you came in with four superstars, and I mean, if you had to have all four of them stay healthy all year and produce at the same level that they always have produced all year, for them to be for the Padres to go, and Manny Machado has taken a step back. I I have a hard time believing that Manny Machado is really regressing that much, but because he's only thirty and he's been so good, but the Statcast data, a lot of the peripherals really don't like him this year. And, and last year, they showed some red flags in his chase rates and stuff. So I don't know what's going on there. Xander Bogarts has had some, for a little while now, has had some things in his batted ball profile that have been, you know, not great. Although he's been an above average hitter and a really good defender. He's been a good player for them. But Hassan yeah. Kim's been really good for them, especially defensively. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, beyond that, though, like Gary Sanchez is their fifth best player right now or sixth best player. Yeah, that, like, that, that's your big problem. Ruth they can't Ned, find anybody Ruth else. Ned Odor, Gary Sanchez and Ruth Ned Odor have more war than Trent Grisham, Jake Cronenworth, Austin Nola combined. Like, And then your DH spot is literally old Nelson Cruz and old Matt Carpenter. Matt, Matt Carpenter, yeah. It's just not a good – this is just not a good team. What you look at here, and especially for Manny Machado, right? So 2016 onward, WRC plus. 2016, and he had a 131 WRC plus. 2017, 102. 2018, 141. 2019, 109. 2020, 150. 2021, 122. 2022, 153. He's at 94 right now. This is just odd year, Manny Machado. Yeah, is where I'm at. He has an insane year. He has a bad year. He has insane year. He has an okay year. He's insane year. He's an okay year. We're on the okay year. Uh, but you, th- he's not the only reason, right? Like you said, and Joe Joe Musgrove hasn't been that good, and it, he's he kind of came off an injury early in the season. You Darvish is older, but Michael Walker's their best pitcher right now. Like that that yeah. can't be where they're at. Well, yeah, and, and that's where I question. And we, you know, we've talked about the sellers and stuff a lot. I don't think this team can sell. Because no, they, can't. they can't, they have to go for it. And, and the reason is because they have so many contracts that are long term and are gonna be bad contracts eventually. Like I don't think there's any doubt that that Xander Bogarts and Manny Machado at some point are gonna be way overpays at at the at their at their point. They have made their bet in. We need to be really good these next two, three, four years while these guys are still in yeah. their primes because after that. This is not a team that can support Steve Cohen type payrolls, even though they can support a high right. payroll. Apparently, this is a team that it's gonna want Soto will probably be gone, or I don't think they're gonna extend him. Like this, you know, they have to be good this year, and and then like they pay Lou Darvish a five year contract at age thirty six, like or six year contract or something like he's, he's paid till he's 42 years old. Like, I, I mean, and he hasn't been very good this year. His peripherals are better than his ERA, which is encouraging for the future for him. But I mean, they just, they've built this team so weird, you know, you got Seth Lugo in like, the starting rotation. Seth, yeah. I mean, Seth and Nick Martinez is another guy who was kind of a reliever that they signed to be a mm-hmm. starter. And obviously this year he's mainly been a reliever, but 
this they, is a weird got team. A, they've got a cluster of just kind of random guys behind yep. a, a strong group at the top of the rotation. Yep. And then the, the strong group hasn't been strong. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know when, what to tell you. Yeah. Well, when you when you're a team like the Padres, you know, with this payroll, if you if you're gonna sign these gigantic contracts like like they have, you have to be able to add around the edge. You, you have to. You can't just support the payroll of big contracts. You have to have a higher a high enough payroll to support big contracts and be able to bring in guys and keep guys around that are you know more of the depth pieces on the on the edges. And the Padres seem like they've just made their bed and like we're going to spend big on these big name players and then the rest of it is going to be what we can find. And it seems to be what's kind of happened with them this year. And we'll see. I, I do think there's enough talent on this team where they can turn it around. Um, there's some signs that this team is better than they've played. But, man, like it's 40, 37 and 41 is – for this team is rough. We'll, we'll see what happens. And I, I would be shocked if AJ Preller was on the hot seat. That guy has made some bad moves in his career as a GM. Like, I, and I don't, I don't think a lot of these moves that we've mentioned are bad. They're not working right now. Yeah. Right. I, I think, I think you could, you know, we, before the season, we were calling this team like a, or at least some of us were calling this team a world series team. I, yeah. I thought, I thought it was, yeah. but you know, we're seeing what happens when, just that little bit of natural regression with having a pitching staff that's almost collectively over 30 plus uh, a group of, of younger or a group of 30 plus guys, you know, Machado's 30, Bogart's 31. All those guys are kind of uh, regressing just a bit. And then, you know, some, you know, just the guys that they, they collected around them didn't perform right. Uh, you know, the yeah. Odors, the Cronenworths, the Sanchez, all those guys are just not performing. Yeah. They couldn't find a catcher, right? They're just so many problems well, with their approach to the offseason when they went and signed a shortstop when Fernando Tatis could have probably filled in at shortstop, yeah. right? Or, like, I mean, Hassan Kim. I mean, yeah, I, or, or yeah, yeah Hassan Kim. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, like they didn't have to yeah. get Bogarts. That money and that 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 roster spot could have been allocated better. Yeah, but yeah, they went for it. I like that they go for it, yeah. but it's not working. The owner ownership stepped in here, and they were desperate to get a superstar player. You mm-hmm. saw it in the off season. They're like, we got to sign Trey Turner, we got to sign Aaron Judge, and then they just they kept going down the list until they found, oh yeah, well there's a mm-hmm. uh, there's Andrew Bogarts. We can sign him to a gigantic contract that you know is probably an overpay. So you know I think that's kind of what what we saw here. But either way, I mean we'll see what happens with this team. Um, one last note: they traded Austin Nola, for Austin Nola a couple years ago. They traded Ty France and Andres Munoz for him, I believe. Right, and they like, are two of the stars I mean, that's in, the type in of Seattle. That, that's a lot of the type of moves that A.J. Preller has made in his career that just were not smart moves. Like mm-hmm. they also traded, they also traded Max Fried for Justin Upton. So for one year, mm-hmm. Justin Upton. So like, there's a lot of moves that that was A.J. Preller. There's a lot of moves A.J. Preller has made that just did not work. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. Last team, the Rockies. Uh, nobody knows what they're doing, and that's. Hey, Maybe they did. They traded Mike Moustakis, but there you go. Is that a sell? I mean, did anyone I mean, really want Mike Moustakis eh, to be, be most, determined? He might have been the most desirable player on the Rockies. So, to be fair, so, I'm. I do wonder <laughs> if we, we, you know, how many teams do we say? Oh, they need a bat. They need a bat. How many? Will any of those teams go 
requesting Ryan McMahon's services and could the Rockies finally decide maybe we should probably invest in some young prospects and trade some of these guys who've been, you know, Ryan McMahon's all like a one, 100 to 110 WRC plus guy, but historically a very good glove at third base. I wonder if a, a team hunting a bat wouldn't be able to pry him away from the Rockies for a couple of prospects. It'll be interesting. I, I don't, I just, I don't see the Rockies trading Ryan McMahon just because of what they've done in the past, but, We'll, we'll right. see if that might happen. I think, uh, I mean, if they're smart, they'd trade a couple of their relievers and they'd trade right. CJ Crone. Well, even though I don't think he's even valuable, but they would Crone, trade. Crone wouldn't go for know, anything right yeah, now. Bard, they'd trade, they would trade Bard and they would trade, you know, uh, Bird and they would trade uh, Lawrence maybe if they were a good. Bard is sitting on a 771 watch yeah. per nine, just in case you were wondering. He's got a 140 ERA, but a 525 FIP. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Lawrence Bird has Bird, a really high walk Bird rate and too. Have been, well, they've been, and and also they're playing in cores, so some of that yeah. you, know, you got to factor in. But Brad Hand has been good. Brad, I, oh, I, Brad, he'll Hand's be one. he'll be available. He I will, think. and that, uh, that's the one know. that I think will will move. Well, but. You, you never know. I mean, the Rockies might sign him to a two year extension, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that team is. We weird. never know what's going on with yeah, them. Yeah, but um, we'll see. All right, let's uh, let's jump into player of the week here before we sign off. Do you have a player of the week? Did you take a look at it? I completely didn't even think about it. Um, <laughs> I got were... mine. You can look All at right, yours. You go mine first is and I'll go. Mine is going to be a guy we've already talked about tonight, but I'm going to go and give him a nod anyway. It's going to be. I'm going to make sure it is him, Yuri Perez, yeah. who spent two starts this week with giving up zero runs, striking out, uh, what's that, 13 and a half per nine, didn't walk, walked like, what, one batter in the, the two starts, I mean, gave up no runs again, I mean, this is a guy carrying Miami right now to second in division, first in the wild card, um, you know, making them very much a playoff team and a team that can go out and buy, you know, for the, the types of guys that we've been talking about. I'm really, really impressed with him. And, you know, with, for a guy who's so violently, you know, violent in his delivery and big velocity, and he's been able to, to have that command, that's massively impressive for me. So Yuri Perez, my player of the week, for sure. Matt, who you got? Um, you know, I think, I think I'm going to go with, you know, we, we've we talked we've talked a bit about him this year, but uh, tell Marte we, we haven't touched bases mm-hmm. on him in a while. He's been really good this year. This week was really nice. He had a 375 average this week, a 483 on base percentage, and a 917 slugging percentage. Hit four home runs this week, um, 262 WRC plus. Uh, he's had a really good year, a bounce back. He's finally been healthy for for the full season, and just he's looked really solid for them. Um, been a big piece. 2.1 war already. Um, really good player. He's had some good seasons in the past. You know, you look at 2021 and just 90 games, put up 2.3 war and a 140 WRC plus. You look at 2019, put up that six war season with a 150 WRC plus. This year, he's back to that level of player that he was mm-hmm. in 2021 and in 2019. You mentioned Manny Machado with the odd years being bad. Like this, you know, it looks like Catel Marte, the odd years are good. So, right. um, Definitely an interesting guy to look at, and he's had a really good week, so I think it's a good time to shout him out as, as to how good he's been this year. Worth noting also that Ellie De La Cruz hit a cycle this week. Yes. 
uh, against the Braves. That, and, and they needed every bit of that cycle to win that game 11-10, to 10 too. It right. was a big deal. So, yeah, big big game for him as well. And, and I look on this, this weekly chart, a lot of Braves, a lot of Reds up <laughs> at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, <laughs> Matt Olson at five home runs this week. So McLean was good. Steer was really good. Yeah, yeah the, the Reds and Braves, man, that, that series was – it almost felt like a playoff series the way – you know, those teams were kind of going back and forth. So yeah. a lot of the games are close. Yeah. I mean, you look at the list, and I just help, couldn't help but notice Travis Darnold on the list. Uh, he's back. Sean Murphy got hurt, and he had a hamstring strain, and he's been he's back now. But, you know, he had been out for a while, and uh, Travis Darnold came in and was like a top 15 player in baseball for the week he was filling mm-hmm. in full-time. So it's just – it's crazy, man. <laughs> Braves have so much depth. We talk about depth all the time, right? And – I think Matt gets spoiled for it when it comes to, you know, seeing a team that does go out of their way to provide that adequate MLB depth across several different positions to where an injury doesn't hurt you. Poor play doesn't hurt you. They've just got guys that can step in. Absolutely. All right. With that, we went an hour and a half. It's a little long, but uh, tune in, in. I think next week we're going to try to do a draft primer. So okay. MLB draft, and then we'll also be around for the all-star game coming up. So uh, look forward to that. July 4th, got any plans? What? Not as of right now. I'll probably go to the got, go down to the lake on uh, Tuesday for the actually on the fourth. But I'm off on Monday. I took a vacation day, so I'm going to take yeah. it easy and, uh, you know, might – Try to go out of town to find something to do. We'll, we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a good weekend. I hope everyone has a happy fourth and uh, a lot of good baseball to watch. Hey, that might be a fun thing. I might go to a Braves game. You never know. So um, I'll uh, – but, yeah, it, it's it's going to be fun. And uh, look forward to the – you know, our next few weeks. I think it's, we got some exciting things going on with, you know, maybe maybe doing a draft primer. And then I think the, the live stream – we're planning on doing for the all-star mm-hmm. game could be a fun thing to do. We haven't done that before. So I'm excited for that. Be, be on the lookout. So, uh, but yeah, um, hope, uh, hope everyone has a happy fourth. Yep. Should be good. Got the parents coming in. Yeah. I try to go to the, go. we're going to go to a Cubs game. I try to go to a, the, the Chicago street race too, if we can. So oh, there you go. Should be, should be a good little weekend here. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So next talk, we'll, we'll be looking at those draft prospects hopefully. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.